this is the education show unlocking opportunities in teaching and learning through collaboration proudly brought to you by zabuza.net once again it is the education show and this time something we wanted to actually get around to last year and it just kind of ran out of time but i think it's always an appropriate time to talk about these things today we're talking wills and testaments and uh, my special guests from ens africa are uh, Natasha Wachit and Rory Frank. Hello, guys. Hi, how are you? I am always good in my little part of the world. It is grey, overcast and rainy today, which is a perfect day for me. <laughs> brilliant, brilliant. Good. Okay, so um, before we dive into to the wills and testaments, um, give us a little bit of a background on, on who you are. Uh, Natasha, we've been fortunate enough to have you on once before, but let's have a refresher from you first, and then we'll move across to Rory. Thanks so much. So my name's Natasha, as was mentioned previously, and I had the opportunity to chat with all of you last year. Um, I'm an attorney, uh, part of the pro bono team at ENS Africa. I am very passionate about human rights, spreading information, and just sharing. And therefore, an opportunity such as this um, is very important so that we can share as much important knowledge as possible. So that's just me in a nutshell. Um, I think we can hand over to Rory. Fantastic oh, stuff. Thank you. Good morning, Sorry, Rory. Rory. <laughs> How are you, Rory? Tell us a little bit about yourself. <laughs> I'm good, thanks. I'm a bit of an eager beaver, so I apologize <laughs> for talking there. But basically, I'm a second-year candidate attorney I'm waiting for admission um, at the moment. I operate at ENS Africa Pro Bono in Mitchellspan and Kailitsa. I've been working there for about almost a year now underneath my... my Good boss, I have a colleague, Natasha, <laughs> who's on the school as well. Uh, so I have to be on my best behavior now today on the call and I must make sure I answer everything correctly. <laughs> oh, not <laughs> so at all. <laughs> but, well, the good, news is, the good news is, Rory, is that I'm, I'm not very clued up on, on wills and testaments. So uh, I'm going to rely on, on you guys to, to help us in. I'm just wondering, um, you say you, you're a second year um, in, yes. in your I'm wondering when do you sleep and, and how do you manage to fit this in as well? Because as I understand it, uh, studying law is hectic. Yeah. So basically, um, generally speaking, you don't sleep at all. Um, when, you, when you're practicing your articles, there's constant learning. Um, and your time isn't really your time because you're learning your trade. And it's important in your first two years of law to grasp all the soft and hard skills. Um, but basically through university, you get used to not sleeping and you just get used to working 24-7. So it's nothing new. It just, it's different. There's no tests and assignments. It's more like every day there's a new project or the due date. <laughs> <laughs> Fantastic stuff. Well, you just scored 10 points from Natasha there, so you're doing okay. Yes. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Guys, let's let's, uh, let's uh, dive into to this um, and we're going to start off with, with you, Natasha. Um, what are wills and testaments? So, David, when you look at a will and testament, you need to look at it in the context of being a document that needs to be written. It can be typed or handwritten. 
And it's essentially a way that you can have your last say on how you want your assets and your estate generally to be distributed upon your death. So you can look at it and say, what have I, what have I accumulated in my lifetime? Who do I want to have to have that benefit of it when I pass on? And who do I trust enough to actually facilitate that process? So that when you pass on, you know that your, your affairs are in order. So if I take that a bit further, I remember when I was in varsity, and this is a long while ago, but it stuck with me. Our professor said, have what's called a death file. And it might sound very somber, but it's a file where you put all your important documents. And one of that being this document that we call a last will and testament, that being your last document, essentially, before you pass on. And it's very, very, very important because it gives you the say on how you want to distribute what you've accumulated and work so hard for in your lifetime. Okay, now, Rory, just help me out here. Is it a last will and testament? They're not two separate things because I've often heard people talking about their wills and then I've heard other people talking about their testaments. Is it the same thing? Yes, according to my understanding, it's exactly the same thing um, because essentially it's just you bequeathing or your final wishes or your last will and testament um, in almost declaring what you want to, what, you want to happen with your estate or your assets that you currently do have. But it's only useful if you do meet the requirements and Natasha almost touched on a few of the requirements for it or it won't be valid and you won't be able to pass on all your assets, then you won't be almost giving your last will and testament. You would have to be following then the procedure prescribed by our, our, our statute. So it's very important that when you do create your last will and testament that it is actually following the correct requirements. Okay, makes sense. Uh, Natasha, back to you now. Um, what is the term, because I've heard this uh, sort of bandied around as well, if somebody dies intestate, what does that mean? So it, it follows on from what Rory actually said. So we have what's called the Intestate Succession Act. And if you die without a will, or if your will doesn't meet the requirements, which we'll chat about um, a bit later during this, then you die according to what is prescribed in that act. So you, so say you wanted to leave everything to, for example, a charity or someone else. If you, if it, if you don't die a testate, being with a will that's deemed proper, then you'd have to follow this formula that's set out in the act. And it's quite specific. And therefore, that is why we say, please ensure that you die with a will and that will meets all the requirements. Um, so that's so it's so in essence, it's whether you die testate, whether you die with a testament being the last will and testament. It fits in really nicely. Or you die intestate being without a will. Or even if you did have a last will and testament, it didn't meet the requirements. And then it flows according to that specific act. So you could very well, as you say, want to want to have have, have uh, left everything to a charity, and yet, uh, as it ends up dying intestate, your 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 third cousin on your mother's side, twice removed, that's got the funny eye, could end up inheriting everything. Yes, if you go, it's quite a strict formula, <laughs> but but if everybody didn't meet it closer to you, then yes, that third then, horrible yeah. cousin might end up, and you might have hated them your whole life. And then they, they get whatever you yeah. have. 
<laughs> yes. I mean, David, if I, if yes. I can jump in there quickly, um, I think a nice example for most the audience to understand is, let's just say you, you're married to someone um, and you land up splitting and you almost going to get divorced soon. Okay. So you've just moved out the house, say about two, three months, and then um, you haven't updated your will, um, but you haven't even put any formal um, divorce proceedings, proceedings in action. Um, according to your intestate succession, that spouse would inherit, right? But let's just say you did update your will just prior to your, to almost not starting formally, but when you split or you left the house. If the will can't be found or the will doesn't meet the validity that's prescribed in the act, you land up through intestate then having to give the spouse, even though they just say the will that you wanted to be drafted said, no, um, your spouse mustn't inherit anything. So it's very important that you do meet these requirements and you do know whether where the will is. I know for a fact that I think we give two copies of wills when we do it. Um, one's for safekeeping and sometimes they recommended to give it to another individual, for instance. So it's very important that the will is easily accessible in your death file, like Natasha said, and it's valid. If I can come in here quickly, um, mm. David, sorry, I don't want to interject, but it's very important just whilst Rory was talking about that, that you have original versions of the will. Yes. So yes. Um, Because the master only accepts an original. So sometimes it's unfortunate people might yes. come to us and say, "Can do you have... Um, a copy of the will, for example. And we're like, yes, but it's not the original. So it's yes. not going to be of use. So we just want to let the listeners know that, yes, we give yeah. you two originals or you should ask for two yeah. originals if someone is drafting it, but keep those originals in a safe space because only the master only looks at originals. Yeah. Okay. And, and uh, as you said, it, it sounds a bit somber and macabre to have this death file. But uh, I think it's actually a very good idea because you've got your last will and testament. That's the kind of place you would put your policies and insurances and all of yes. those things. Um, yes. and, and just on that, on that note, uh, just to, to illustrate how important this is, is uh, I got divorced sure, quite a while ago um, and didn't think of anything. I'd, I'd drawn up a, a last will and testament when I was married and it was you know, just one of those things. You do it and you hand it over to the bank. And uh, I, was, I was actually chatting to a guy as a financial advisor and he said to me, have you got a will? I said, absolutely. Um, and he said, have you amended any of your policies? I, mean, I said, what, 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 what do you mean? Um, and I'd forgotten. You know, so if I'd, if I'd passed away, my ex-wife would have in fact been the beneficiary of those policies and had that paid out to her. So something you need to be very, very aware of. Yeah. Yeah, so it, we always say that if you've undergone any major life changes or, you, for example, you've had another child or you've gotten divorced or anything really, then have a re-look at your will and just ensure that it always expresses what your wishes are so that when you pass on, that last will is a true reflection of what your wishes were. Yes, yes. Yeah, absolutely. I came across oh, also a good few years ago, a very interesting man. Uh, his name escapes me now, but uh, he was working uh, to, to save the vultures down in the, in the Eastern Transvaal in the Lowfeld. Um, and he, he was very, very passionate about vultures and, and, you know, where they fit in in the ecosystem, et cetera, et cetera. Um, and his wish, which he'd put down 
inner last will and testament is that uh, when he sort of pops off this mortal coil, uh, they had to take his body to the uh, the vulture feeding site. So, you know, that's that's one of those more kind of weird macabre things that I've heard. Um, is there something, Natasha, in a in a will which you you can't say, uh, like this guy going, "Well, go feed me to the vultures." Is is there something you can't say? Um, well. Things that are against public policy. So, for example, blatant racist um, bequeaths, you can't say. Um, also, trying to rule from the grave is not is something that you can't do. Because, for example, if you bequeath something to someone, you can't tell them how to how to like utilize it or spend it or so forth. So when you draft your will, just make sure that it's in line with public policy, that it's fair, that it isn't illegal what you're asking somebody to do or what, what you're bequeathing in terms of your last will and testament, because all of those will not be accepted. And it could result then in your um, last will and testament being deemed invalid. And then you actually, in essence, dying in test date. So just keep yeah. a look out on that. Now, one of the things that I want to get on to is, is how to know uh, if a will is, in fact, the last will and testament, or if um, Uncle Joe didn't have something written down that he'd popped into his coat pocket. But we'll get on to that. Um, I think we've covered why we need wills, because that's our, our chance to decide where our, our assets, et cetera, go. But what age should you be when you draw up your first will? You need to be 16 years or older. Rory and I actually we were like, let's make sure that this is correct, right, Rory? So we had <laughs> yeah. a look at the act yesterday and we were like 16 or older. Um, and you obviously have to be of sound mind and must be able to comprehend um, your actions and what your instructions are. Okay, so as, so as, young, as young as that. But, I mean, from a practical perspective, would you say – you know, once you once you sort of leave school at the age of eighteen, it's a, it's a good time to start with this process because a last will and testament isn't necessarily a static document. Um, I have an yeah. uncle, and and uh, in the last couple of years that I'm aware of, he's changed it about four times. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yes. So get thinking about your assets. How what? It's always important, and it's a good check in for you. So whilst the act says 16, but as soon as you have anything that you deem that you want to maybe leave to someone, or if you have a very strong opinions on, for example, um, if you, if you want to something like how you want to die, for example, if you want to be cremated or if you want to be buried or such things, then yes, because it's like you said, it's not a static document. So it's sort of like getting yourself in the process. It's a lifestyle, rechecking it every couple of years. So yes, the, from, from maybe I would say like as soon I did my first draft of my first will um, when I was 18 because I left school and big changes were happening. Okay. I don't that know makes about you, Rory. That makes sense. Yeah. I think okay. it's I think some some 16 year olds naturally wouldn't, but I think generally if you do have assets and you have there's a lot of kids that start working at a very young age and they've started to buy their first car. Not that they can drive it underneath the age of 18, but I think if you start collecting a few assets, I think you need to start taking precautions um, and start planning your will immediately. Okay, yeah. That that that's that makes a whole lot of sense. Now, the next question, the burning question for me, is how do we go about 
drawing up a will. I mean, can I can I go down to my local news agent and and is there a, a, a what do you call it like a, a template or something or download a template from the the interwebs or write it on a piece of paper? What do we have to do to draw up a last will and testament? To answer your question, there are templates available, but I always caution. Um, and say, speak to somebody that has the expertise to be able to assist you. There are interventions available that do assist you. For example, there's National Wills Week and so forth. So if you can't afford an attorney, for example, look out for those. But there's certain key um, things that you need to look out for. For example, it needs to be written, be it typed or be it actually done on the computer. It needs to be signed by two competent witnesses on each and every page. You must make sure that those witnesses are not going to inherit in terms of the will. Um, and all the assets or all your requirements need to be written in clear, plain language so that um, it's easy to actually understand. You need to actually nominate um, ex an executor. We do an alternative as well. Um, and the testator or testatrix um, needs to be has, has to sign on every single page, and then if a person cannot sign, or if they if they're not able to read or write, or for whatever reason, there's also the um, the provisor that they can sign with an X or called a mark or with a thumbprint, and then you need what's called a commission of oaths that also then um, attests that that person is in fact the testator. So from what I said, you can see it can become quite complex, but to, ask, to answer your question in a nutshell, there are templates available. If you choose to use that template, just make sure that you understand it, that everything is clear, but I would sometimes say rather speak to someone that is able to assist you in a professional capacity, just so that you can rest assured that everything is in order and it meets all legal standards. Okay. Now, now, Rory, if you, if, if I could direct this question to you, um, in terms of, of your, your, your last will and testament, as, as Natasha said, you know, maybe look for advice, get somebody to do it. Um, I've oftentimes heard that, uh, the banks will do it for you. Um, and, you know, that, that I suppose has its own pros and cons as well. If, if the bank does it because then they can become the executor of the will. Um, and obviously, this is something we need to touch on as well because, you know, um, they say that the only two certain things are death and taxes. And uh, mm -hmm. when you die, taxes are still there. Um, is there a, a sort of a recommended route to go, although you have options? Okay, so I, th I think that becomes very preferent. Like it's a, a depends on the, the testator's preference because I know for a fact um, a lot of people find it easier just to have everything at the bank. Okay, um, but if you are willing for the bank to be your executor, once again, it's a it's almost it's practically speaking. So they have your will; they can just be the executor. And if you're appointing individuals that aren't almost accustomed to being executors and they're not the best with with finances and managing, there could be practical implications because security might have to be given in certain occasions. So I think if it, somebody just wants to be um, go almost the easy route, I think you just go to a bank, have them be the executive of the estate, but you need to be aware of that there are certain fees that are almost mandatory, not mandatory, but there are certain fees attached to that. And I think, I, I don't know, Natasha, you can correct me if I'm wrong, but I think it could be 3% of the executive's fee can sometimes be charged. 
So one has to be aware of that of that fee. Yeah, three point five percent. Um, but yeah. you, for example, yeah. what Rory said. So if you choose another executor, for ex- like maybe yeah. your really good friend or whoever, in your will you can state that they won't, they'll, they, they'll not charge that that particular fee. So there are various yeah. permutations that can actually um, be found in your last will and testament, and that's why sometimes it's just good to actually chat to someone about it so that you can make an informed decision because at the end of the day, you need to make a decision that resonates best with you. Yeah. All right. Now, another question is, is if you're going to make somebody the executor of your will, do you need to let them know? Oh, Yes. <laughs> I can't stress this enough. You need to let them know. And on that um, on that point, it's good to have one, like, for example, a first and a second choice. So that if the first choice can't or won't for whatever reason, it's easy to kick into the second choice. And it's important to let the executor or executors know um, because they will then have quite a duty to wind up your estate. And they'll be doing a lot of the admin and running around when you've passed on. And um, most then the decisions will go through them. So it's important important that you let them know and what we do and when we've been looking at the internet it is around is we actually in every single one of our wills we include um sort of broad strokes of the duties of an executor so that people are actually aware and they can then willingly know what what's in store for them so to speak so yes please let them know yeah, no, the, the reason I ask is is I, I know somebody that, that got uh, landed with the duty of executorship um, and just really didn't want to do it and, and weren't able to do it because, you know, when you're 18, you can say to somebody, okay, well, you get my car and you can get my, my I can't even say CD collection anymore, but uh, let's go with that. You know, <laughs> you get my CD collection and you get my, my favorite pair of Air Jordans, for example. Um, but as you get older, there's a lot of stuff and there's taxes and, yeah. you know, there's, there's stuff that you owe because nobody, nobody goes, okay, well, I'm going to choose to pop off uh, next Thursday at 3 p.m. So I'm going to make sure all my accounts are paid and all this is done and credit cards are sorted out. There's a lot of work. Um, in terms yeah. of what you, in terms of what you guys do, um, and, and when I say you guys, I'm not talking just ENS Africa. I'm talking about people, uh, lawyers in general. Um, do do lawyers offer that service? Is that a good way to go? Yes, they do. Mm. So there's an entire specialization that actually does yeah. deals with this area of law because, as you said, it can become quite tricky and rather onerous. So definitely mm. there is um, there are lawyers that some of them even just do this. So um, it could be a good portal to explore. Okay, because I mean, one of the things that I've heard people say before is, oh, but if you go to a lawyer, it's, it's expensive. And, and my argument, uh, you know, in return there's, but at least it's, it's money that you've now spent and you know that things are going to get done properly because yes. yeah. I've, I've seen it. I mean, you know, sort of part of my family um, come from one side of the railway tracks and, and the other part come from another side of the railway tracks. And uh, when my, my dad's mom passed away, um, I don't think the announcement had even finished going out yet. And there were family members on the doorstep getting ready to load up goods and saying, but granny promised me this. Mom said I could have this and that. And it it, it can get messy. 
Yeah. It does. Death sometimes brings out the worst and cause can cause a lot of strife and hardship. And therefore, uh, we reiterate once again that it's important that everything is in order. And therefore, you you eliminate all of that that potential um, strife that can occur because emotions are running high. Death is not a pleasant experience, and you just want to make one thing settled so that that doesn't add any more hardship. So yes, it is, it is, an, uh, it is uh, an option. And like we said previously, there are um, legal practitioners that specialize in it. We actually even write an exam um, focused on yeah. this topic specifically. But okay. David, um, yes. I, I, if I can jump in there, I think that the whole idea of the lawyers overcharging, yes, there might be some bad lawyers out there, but Paying for the expertise is a, it's a, it's a, it's almost, almost, it's almost advisable for for when you're drawing up a will. And I think this almost goes into that initial question of yours of can you get a template of it? Um, can you get a? Can you just download it and make your own will? You can, but you should not in a certain way because you might land up with clauses that are very um, not enforceable, they might be enforceable, but they almost land up being being able to cause more conflict amongst the family instead of um, almost creating peace after the fact the person has died. So when we talk about the whole the executives being appointed as a, as a, corporate, a corporate institution or the will being drawn up by corporate individuals, I think it becomes very important to remove all of those burdens that you as a person might be feeling during your grieving, to remove the administrative um, almost the the annoyance of having to know you have to go to the master's office then you have to fill out this document and then you must look for all the creditors and just having almost a, a fair corporate person to assist you with it becomes a very important almost thing for the whole mourning process as well so if you go back to the question should you have lawyers and stuff to be the executors i recommend that if you can afford it um, for numerous practical reasons, such as those of people not just running out the house after the death with the furniture, <laughs> you know what I mean? So I think that almost ties in nicely with the initial question you asked. Yes, but um, yeah, so I, I agree with what Rory said, but also in instances where people aren't able to afford, uh, for example, maybe paying yeah. someone and so forth, please do make use of these campaigns that are run once a year during yeah. National Wills Week or do contact organizations such as ourselves that do assist on a pro bono basis so that um, at least you can chat to people where, where people can assist, they can draft a solid will that doesn't yeah. have any ambiguities and you can rest assured. So just, yeah, just keep a lookout for that as well. Great. Well, that, that leads me very nicely onto, onto the next uh, question that I had for you guys. What are some of the pitfalls and, and some of the things we need to look at uh, when we draw up a will? Okay. So you need to ensure that all the information, um, especially biographical details, are correct. For example, spelling of people's names, including their full names, ensuring that there's possibly an ID number or date of birth. Um, ensuring that you have an address of a house with an earth number um, and that it's all drafted correctly to ensure that firstly the person that's um, the testator or testatrix is 16 years or older of sound mind. Make sure that the formalities are correct in terms of everybody signing and having two witnesses also sign. 
um, make sure that the will is dated so that you can, if there's if there's an, another will lurking around, you can compare the dates. I know you asked that question earlier to say, how do you ensure that this is in fact the last mm. will and testament? You can look, the date is a good indicator. Um, ensure, for example, the people that are signing as witnesses are not going to inherit in terms of the will because then they might they would be disqualified. So there's few there's technicalities in terms of just formalistically does it meet all the requirements in terms of the Wills Act and then looking at the specific clauses, whether they draft clearly to ensure that there's no ambiguity when it's actually yeah. read out. So that's important. And then also lastly from my side before I hand over to Rory to ensure all the all that you put in the will is not illegal. Um, is not against public yeah. policy so that it, it it meets all those types of requirements as well. Sorry, Rory, I can just, I was <laughs> yeah. just, I was, I was off on a tangent there imagining some of the stuff that could be willed to people, you know, like, like my secret yeah. moonshine, moonshine <laughs> stash, you know? So anyway, yeah. okay. Especially during this time. <laughs> exactly, exactly. <laughs> Um, Rory, Rory some, some thoughts from you? I think from my side, Natasha actually got all of them perfect. Um, I think just make, ensuring that, um, all the clauses are not against public policy, make sure the formalities are all met. Um, Natasha touched on that numerous times. I think those are almost the most important things. Um, there's nothing more to add. I think Natasha got it perfect. <laughs> Uh, just before we wrap up, though, we've got some, some great, exciting news uh, that uh, Rory and Natasha from ENS Africa are going to be joining us uh, at this stage once a month, I believe. And we're going to be talking about all things legal. We're going to be talking about the Constitution, the Bill of Rights. It's going to be fantastic. So, uh, Rory, Natasha, thank you so much for taking the time out and having a chat to us. We wish you all the very, very best. And... Uh, We'll be chatting to you again in the next month or so. There we go. And then we'll give you all of that information as uh, and when it becomes available. We thank each and every one of you. Thank you for listening. And we'll chat again very soon. That was The Education Show. Simply learn. Join the conversation on zibuza.net. That's Z-I-B-U-Z-A dot net.